Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roar Lions Radio, the Puck Podcast, in what I believe is our fourth episode of the Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Pollock, and I'm joined tonight, as always, by my lovely hockey co-host, Mr. Doug Leeson. Doug, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. It is good to be good to be back. I just finished watching the episode of the Penn State Hockey Story that just came out, and uh, if if someone listening to this has not yet seen it, you should just turn this podcast off because it was so good. It is such a great, such a great video. Well, I've I haven't watched it yet, but I I'm going to choose to ignore that advice so we can continue recording this podcast. But I will be sure to watch it right after. I'm sure it is wonderful and awesome, like all really all things they do, like Penn State story wise. They're really all great. Oh yeah, they they have like a a thousand percent batting percentage. Oh yeah, easily. Um, but yeah. So it is great to be back. I know I missed last week's uh, episode. Um, what was I doing? Oh, right. I was at the CBI. That's what I was doing. <laughs> that was an interesting way to spend a night. Um, but yeah, so hopefully it, uh, it was George Mason and uh, Loyola. And wow. it was I, I live in Fairfax, Virginia, so it was a George Mason uh, home game in the first round, and they just got waxed by Loyola <laughs> in what was probably the worst basketball game I've ever seen. And quick reminder, Penn State lost to George Mason this year, so that's fun. <laughs> um, so hopefully everyone was able to turn it, tune in last week to hear the podcast with Doug, Bill, and then uh, Sam and Chris in the Roar Zone. Uh, it really was great. I really enjoyed listening to it myself, and it sounded like you guys had a good time recording. It was uh, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a couple of number one hockey boys there. They 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 know their stuff. It was Absolutely. a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll we'll have to have at least one of them back on the pod another time. Um, Speaking of last week's pod, though, one of the things that you guys uh, talked about was the fact that we had just gotten swept, we, Penn State, had just gotten swept by Michigan, which was not a great way to end the regular season. I know uh, it was it was a difficult situation. It was senior weekend for Michigan. Uh, we were in Ann Arbor. So, obviously, emotions run a little bit high on those types of weekends, which is a pretty easy explanation as to why Penn State really got waxed by the Wolverines, kind of. not Maybe not fully waxed, but got beaten pretty soundly, I'd say. Um, got robbed. Yeah. I think robbed would be a good uh, good verb there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the team was able to bounce back well, I would say, all things considered. Uh, they faced Michigan in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, took them down 4-1 in what was really as effortless of a hockey game I feel like I've seen. Uh, Penn State was pretty much in cruise control during the second and third periods. Um, And then the big one came in the semifinal against Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota had defeated Penn State four out of four tries already in the regular season. Uh, Penn State got close in that one home game where Smirnoff put home the penalty shot with just about a minute left, which I know, Doug, you were in the stand, or not in the stands, you were in the press box for, and I'm sure... Pagula was rocking for that one. Uh, but unfortunately, Penn State came out on the losing end of that one, but they got some great revenge in the Big Ten tournament, winning 4-3 in double overtime. It was it was strange, I think, because those 4-3, Minnesota obviously got its fair share of pucks on net, its fair share of goals. It, I mean, Penn State kind of dominated the game in a way. I mean, they dominated possession, they offense was clearly working i mean it was kind of a weird dynamic in that game yeah i I agree with that um i mean minnesota i think many people would agree is probably overall a better team than penn state but 
I mean, it goes back to something we're going to talk about a little later, and that's just that Penn State just wins games. Like, they're not especially talented. They're not, you know, they don't have some of the young talent that these other Big Ten teams have. But in a, in a game like that, like, that's the perfect example against Minnesota. When it went to that second overtime, you just think, like, oh, Minnesota would have won it by now. I, I think Penn State really, they, they really dug in and, and won that game, which really in an only, only Penn State could win like that, basically. And once it got to double overtime, you had to think, yeah, Penn State really has this wrapped up soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just quick stats real quick on that game. Peyton Jones saved 37 of 40 shots. We'll talk a lot more about him in just a moment. Andrew Sturts had three assists. Uh, after leaving that Michigan game early, got uh, knocked out. And then Dennis Smirnov. I mean, we need to talk about Dennis Smirnov's pass to Eric Audio <laughs> for that game-winning goal because it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Sturts got checked against the sideboards, and uh, the puck was just sitting there. Nobody, nobody went for it because two Minnesota defenders were on Sturts. So Smirnov just picked it up, put his head up, skated into the corner, and just saw, oh, look at that. Nobody's covering Eric Audio. And he slid it under a stick, passed another defender, where audio is on the back door with a wide open net. And another thing that's interesting about that, I don't really remember seeing Eric Audio jump up on the play and get that low in the zone very often. I mean, that was, I think that was, that was a huge gamble for, for one of our, uh, you know, one of our defensemen who doesn't score a ton of goals for him to get in that position, standing, you know, almost in the slot or sorry, almost in the crease. Um, I mean, just a great play. <laughs> just that, oh, yeah. that oh, just so much fun. Such a fun game. Oh, it, yeah, it was a fantastic play. And I know you did a really great job of breaking down exactly what happened. Um, well, sorry, not on that goal. Um, but on the eventually you kind of showed us what happened on the Folks goal. And it was to win the Wisconsin game, which we'll get to. But it, it kind of seemed like it was something a little bit similar with audio. It was like the rest of the defense was napping. I mean, they weren't really paying attention to the guy on the far side of the ice. And... I mean, he just kind of snuck in there. Yeah, he, everybody everybody on Minnesota was just kind of out of position. He recognized that and got in the right place to score a goal. It, it seemed like it was kind of the exact the exact kind of goal that Penn State should have given up at that point in the game, having just played the day before. I know there wasn't a ton of energy exerted against Michigan, but still, I mean, you played the day before, Minnesota didn't. Normally in a double overtime game, you'd think the fresher team would be the one to benefit from a puck watching tired mistake like that so it was it's interesting that Penn State was the team to kind of show that extra burst of energy that got them all the win and it's good that they did that because the same kind of thing happened against Wisconsin in the Big Ten final uh Penn State ended up winning the Big Ten championship by a score of two to one again in double overtime Peyton Jones was I mean, in, I can say incredible. I don't think that's a strong enough word to describe his performance. He saved 51 of 52 shots, and even the one that went in, I mean, it was a fluky rebound, tap, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he was simply incredible, especially in the first overtime. Stoned at least, I don't know, six or seven shots that should have found the back of the net. Uh, Liam Folks, the hero, scored both goals in the game, scored the first one, and of course the game winner in the double overtime. Uh, Brandon Byro had two assists in the game, and again, like I mentioned a minute ago, you did a really great job of breaking down that Liam Folks goal, but it was kind of a similar situation as the Minnesota game. It's 
Penn State for some reason this this one they certainly not should not have been the team with more energy but again for most of the night they looked like they were in control and they won the game again on a hustle play that took advantage of some puck watching and some tired legs yeah and spoiler alert for the Penn State hockey story but uh or, you know I won't give it I won't give too much away but the way that they got their energy back between overtimes is, is is actually a pretty funny story that you have to watch that video to see but um I, yeah i agree with what you said the first overtime wisconsin dominated penn state you could tell had just played two days ago and had had a double overtime game the night before wisconsin was a lot fresher really dominated that first overtime but peyton jones i mean i don't know what to say about him either probably the best game best game a single nittany line has ever had um but yeah, in double overtime, it was Wisconsin that looked tired. Uh, the beginning of the play was uh, Matt Matt Freytag rushing down the ice, and I mean, without a lot of help behind him, uh, he got checked off the puck. He tried to slide it into the slot, and then you can see in the uh, the graphics on the article I wrote on the site, uh, three of Wisconsin players were in the corner of the offensive zone away from everything. So Liam Folks saw that, saw that Penn State had a lot of players back protecting Peyton Jones. So Folks just started sneaking up the ice. And once a tip got to Brandon Byro, he, he found Liam Folks, who had all the space in the world. I mean, the, the joke's been beaten to death a lot by now, but he just ran he ran the wheel route. They saw it worked against Wisconsin in the football championship game. He ran a wheel route, couldn't be caught, and then really... I mean, Jack Berry, Wisconsin's goalie, deserves a lot of credit for how he played too. But on that play, I mean, and this was another brilliant thing. Liam Folks kept his head up and he let Jack Berry make the first move. So once Berry went down to the butterfly, Folks went to the Folks deep to the side, which made Berry with his legs on the ice. Now he had to open up the five hole. So Folks, I mean, he really I think knew what he was going to do the whole time. Uh, he he read the goalie right and reacted right and another i mean i didn't expect anything to top audio's goal winning <laughs> the minnesota game and then 24 hours later liam folks scored i mean the big the biggest goal in program history oh yeah absolutely it was it was outstanding but yeah you you'd really think that wisconsin would be a little more uh, aware of number 26s in big 10 championship games by now <laughs> but i mean i mean some guys just never learn who knows uh, but yeah, it like you said, the the Folks goal I thought was uh, just outstanding. The way, I mean, I I know it's it's I haven't heard from him. I haven't heard an interview and him talking. If hearing from his side whether or not he knew what he was doing coming down the ice, but I know they talked with Peyton Jones after the game and they asked him if uh, he knew what Folks was going to do leading up because obviously those guys I'm surely run through some shootouts in practice and. Maybe Jones has seen that move before, and he said he wasn't really, he didn't really know what he was doing. To be fair, though, he was also a little more delirious at that point, so who knows what he <laughs> really was paying attention to and not paying attention to. But yeah, you said, I mean, everything about his setup to the goal, his, I mean, it was all beautiful. It was, it was wonderful, and it was an incredible moment for Penn State hockey. Right, and folks was the one who who started, you know, started the play to get the turnover in the defensive zone to begin all that, and then. Another really underlooked part of the play is Brandon Byro's pass was perfect. Oh, I mean glorious. that's that's a hard pass to make going uh, that two line pass. He he could have easily missed folks and they could still be playing. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the way that game was going, they very well could be. It was, oh, man, what a game. It was all part of what was just an overall fairly magical night for Penn State Athletics between that and the Penn State Team Wrestling National Championship and then the five individual national championships. It was it was a really fun night to be a Penn State fan, for sure. Definitely one of the better single nights um, in at least recent memory for Penn State Athletics. But that doesn't mean it has to be over, because with the win, although with the win over Minnesota, it's fairly safe to assume that Penn State had 100% punched their ticket to the NCAA championships, but with the Big Ten championship win, it gave them an automatic bid and definitely improved their seed a bit. Uh, So now Penn State will be moving on to the NCAA tournament, which is pretty amazing when you consider that just four years ago, this team finished the season with eight wins. The year after, they bumped up to 18, then 21, and now they're at 24 and still moving on. And just the progression that this team has, I mean, the progression of their wins, the progression of their Big Ten tournament success, just everything has been moving at such an accelerated rate um, as compared to what a brand new D1 program should look like. It's I mean, it's been beaten to death at this point, but it truly is remarkable what this team has and this program have done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You said it. it you, a team this young should not be this good. <coughs> Excuse me. We talked about this a little bit last week on that podcast that Arizona State right now is kind of what Penn State should be in that they they kind of suck. They don't have a ton of wins. They don't have a ton of talent, but there is kind of a foundation. You can kind of see how one day they will be good. But Penn State, in I mean, in second year, they had a winning record. Um, in, in, their, in their fourth year in the Big Ten, they got their first Big Ten championship appearance and won it against, I mean, they, they beat Michigan, Minnesota, and Wisconsin to get there. Those are, I mean, I don't know how many national championships they have between them, but it's a ton. So, I mean, there's there's nothing else really to say about that. It's it's remarkable that Penn State is is good at all, let alone as elite as they have looked this season. Yeah, absolutely. It's we we are very lucky to be covering and rooting for this team. They're incredibly fun, and they have such an interesting and unique and cool story for us to follow along with. Um, and let's hope that that story continues. This Saturday, Penn State will start the first round of the NCAA tournament at 4:30 uh, on Saturday. That's March 25th. They will be playing. That's 4:30 Eastern time. They'll be playing against Union. And Doug wrote a really, really interesting piece for Roar Lions Roar this week about the first time that Penn State played Union, which was let's see, back in November 2013. And you wrote about how that game kind of foreshadowed the future success of the program so do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah sure so that was the first college hockey game i had ever watched and i was a senior in high school at the time so i I didn't know where i was going to go to to college so i was up visiting penn state to drop my brother off after thanksgiving break and we everybody in my family's a hockey fan so we thought hey you know penn state apparently has a really nice rink let's let's watch them so at the beginning of the game I looked at the rosters and I'm rooting for Shane Gostas, Bear, and Union because he was a Flyers prospect and obviously that has panned out pretty well. So, you know, good for him. So I was I was rooting for for Union in that game, but then and they went up three nothing late in the second period. So I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. It's Penn State's you know not a great team, but 
it's fun to watch Union, and they went on to win the national championship that year. So it was it was interesting at the time to see the difference between these two programs. But then Eric Scheid scored at the end of the second period. Uh, two more guys scored at the beginning of the third period, and then more and more I started rooting for Penn State and. Uh, Knowing that they were such a young program and that Union was one of the best teams in the country, to see them claw back and Matt Scoff had a great game in net. Um, I mean, it was just it was just really interesting, and it it spoke to the culture that Guy Gadowski was already fostering, and that they did not give up against a great team that was beating them in a game that you know Penn State easily could have given up in. Um, it, it was just to see. It, it was hard to root against Penn State once that started happening. You, you, you saw how hard they worked, how you know again how much less talent they had than Union, but the way that they fought back, even though they eventually lost four three, having that whole comeback was just terrific. And it's something that we see we've seen time and time again over the last few years, especially this year in games that they really should lose or should be blown out in, they either make it close or they win. And that, you know, we talk about how suddenly the success has came, but really those years, all those years ago, that was the, I think that was the eight win. No, that was before the eight win season. All the success that has suddenly came has really been slowly snowballing in, in the team's five division one years. So I thought it was really interesting that, that game was against Union, how we kind of saw this huge talent gap, and now a few years later in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be Penn State and Union. So it's going to be, I think, an interesting bookends to the story of how Penn State was a brand-new program and now is a national contender. Yeah, definitely. I, I loved the way that you talked about that, uh, just that resiliency that the team showed because even now, like you said, it's – nothing's changed it's the same mentality it's that same mindset but there's just more talent on the team now I mean how easy would it have been for this team going into that Minnesota game in the Big Ten tournament to say I like just to have to have the mindset that we've played these guys four times we gave them our absolute best effort in Pagula and we still lost like what are we gonna do against them it's good teams great teams are able to brush that stuff aside and realize that there are still ways to win. And I mean, Guy Gadowski can't say enough about the job he's done, but instilling that mindset may be his biggest accomplishment with this team. And his ability to coach guys up like that is probably is really what I think is the main reason why various NHL teams, or at least a couple, or I mean, have him on their list. Right, I agree. And then <clears throat> beyond just the the coaching job he's done he's been fortunate enough to bring in some like hockey recruits that a lot of schools haven't really cared about for example david goodwin a few years ago when he came here i mean he was just a a regular old ushl player and then he comes to penn state eventually becomes captain and does it all what what you would call the penn state way undersized player not really great at one thing but very very good at everything a great leader and has that you know, never quit mentality that that the team has really, you know, has really gotten from him. And now they all have that mentality. And now we're in the NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, and then, I mean, another guy to add to that same list, I mean, a guy like Trevor Hamilton. I know we've talked about him before on the podcast about how, I mean, he went from being a, I mean, average at best contributor for Miami, Ohio, and now he's, I mean, he's one of our best defensemen. I agree with that, yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, you can talk about all the guys who, who came before this year's team, Eric Scheid, Patrick Cowdice, uh, not even getting into the Casey Bailey realm, but all the all the role players, Tommy Olchuk, Ricky DeRosa, who's still around, all those players have have made this, just this aura around the team that has allowed other players like Dennis Smirnov to buy into that and then use the talent that they bring to Penn State to score 40 50 points a season yeah it's this this big 10 tournament win is certainly not one that is shared only by the 2017 squad it's that's one that's shared by the entire history of the d1 program and the club team program i know we talk a lot about oh how there was no team five years ago and we're, we're when we say that we are not trying to diss what the club team did obviously if there was never a club team the d1 team wouldn't exist we we completely understand that we're not trying to brush the contributions of those guys aside it's obviously there's just a little increase in playing level when you move from club to d1 so that that's mainly what we're referencing but that this victory belongs to those guys just as much as the current players too yeah i yeah you said it best i agree with that (laughs) <laughs> all right so let's get into this union matchup a little bit more so just to give you some quick stats uh union on the season 25 9 and 3 penn state 24 11 and 2 union has scored 3.78 goals per game in favor of themselves penn state has scored 3.97 union has given up 2.78 goals per game penn state has given up 2.68 Union is ranked 8th in the pairwise, and Penn State is ranked 9th in the pairwise, which is fitting because they are pretty damn similar when it comes down to it. Penn State has scored just at a slightly higher clip and given up just .1 fewer goals per game, but that's really not much of a difference. These are two very evenly matched programs. Yeah, definitely. The The first thing I do when I you know, I'm looking at a preview or I'm looking at Penn State's next opponent as I just try to look at the basic stats like that. So I'm, I'm going to go through a few more because looking at the the main statistics page and you look at where these two teams rank nationally in these stats, here's how close together they are. If you look at team offense, Penn State has the second ranked offense in the nation. Union is fourth. On defense, Penn State is 22nd. Union is 26th. Power play, Penn State is 16th. Union is, let's see, Union is 14th. On the penalty kill, Penn State is 31st. Union is 36th. Uh, penalty minutes, they are 53rd and 56th in that they, they take the fewest. And they have they both have seven shorthanded goals. So all those, what was the biggest difference? was like four spots apart across all 60 teams. So it's it's absurd how how good this matchup is, how much fun this game is going to be this weekend. I think the downside to that, though, is that when you have teams that seem to be so evenly matched like that, a lot of times it can just come down to, I mean, pure experience. Do you think that, I mean, Union has been here before. Obviously, you just talked about they won a national championship not too long ago. There's a sizable difference in NCAA tournament experience here. I mean, obviously, it's 
I I mean, do you feel like that's going to end up playing a factor in this one? Uh, I think it might, unfortunately. The good news is that while Penn State's players obviously have never made it, Guy Gadowski has been there twice, I think, with Princeton. So he, he at least can can help out in some way. But I believe that Union's current senior class was they were freshmen when they won the national championship. So they, they've been to the tournament and they've made it all the way, which, yeah, I, that's going to be a big difference. So it's, I mean, it's just going to be interesting. I, I don't know what to expect. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a great, great game. I, it, I mean, even if Penn State doesn't win this one, just the fact that they're here is still so remarkable. It, you can't help but have fun watching it. Exactly. Uh, the, the one thing I am worried about, I will say is, Union probably has the best line in the country and the best line since Michigan's top line last year. They have two Hobie Baker nominees in the uh, in the top 10 finalists. And one's name is Spencer Fu. What's the other one's <laughs> name, Nick? All right. So so we were just talking about how to say the other one's name before we started recording here. Uh, Doug thinks it's Mike Vecchioni. I, being from New Jersey, have a little more uh, feel for the Italian side of uh, surnames. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's Mike Vecchioni. Okay. I mean, I could be <laughs> wrong, but you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, uh, like, like I'll, I can. Yeah, so like you said, they're are probably the best line in the country. Uh, Vecchioni is third in the country, 62 points. Uh, Spencer Fu is fourth with 60. So that's pretty scary. Yeah, on most on most lines you see like that when when but when both players have identical points and they're you know top in the country, usually one guy's the goal scorer, one guy's the setup man, but they both have like thirty goals and thirty assists. They both are very good at everything, which man. which is a little worrying. Oh boy, that is certain certainly disconcerting. Um, then at the back end, all right, let's yeah, we're gonna try another, to say this name right. Another name. Their goalie, Alex, we came to the decision that it's probably Sakelleropoulos. Oh, look, look this name. Look up Union starting goalie to try to say this for yourselves at home because it's a tough one. Uh, this year he's averaging 2.42 goals against, uh, good for a 921 save percentage, which is pretty solid, I'd say. Yeah, that's it's it's very good. It's very similar to Peyton Jones, um, and that I think is what it will come down to with such similar teams. If Penn State can key in on Union's top line and take out Mike V and Spencer Fu, then I mean it, it'll be a much simpler task taking care of their depth and preventing goals there. So it's just a matter of can de- can Penn State's defense step up and shut down these two players. And then it's going to be, as as in every hockey postseason game ever, it's going to come down to the goalies whether or not Alex Sakelaropoulos can <laughs> continue <laughs> can continue the very good season he's had, or if Peyton Jones can, you know, do what he did last weekend. So Union was knocked out, I think, in the second round of their conference tournament, and Pennsdale obviously went all the way with Peyton Jones. What did he do? He made 118 saves on 123 shots. So I think Peyton Jones is probably the hottest goalie in the country right now. So that's going to be the matchup. If if Union's offense can beat Peyton Jones, or if anybody can beat Peyton Jones, then then Union could win. But if Peyton Jones played like he did last weekend, there's no reason not, not to expect Penn State can make a lot of noise. 
Yeah, I mean, right now he's looking pretty... Uh, uh, I won't even attempt to guess the year because I don't remember off the top of my head, but he's looking pretty Jean-Sebastian Higuerish. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, well, I'll guess that was like 2010 he went on that run. Um, but yeah, he like you said, every, everything comes down to goalies in hockey. If you have a hot goalie, you can... I mean, you'll go as far as they can take you. Um, ah, Peyton, Peyton Jones was just unbelievable in the Big Ten tournament. If he, if he can keep that up, uh, this... This game against Union should be fairly straightforward, even with as evenly matched as they are. The game after might be a little more difficult, but we'll talk about that right now. Um, right after I mentioned that Mike V and Spencer Foo sounds like a fantastic crime-fighting duo. I think they should tuck <laughs> that away in their back pockets for their future. Um, who's if, who's who in that? Who's who in that duo? Uh, which one's the rookie? And which one's and which one's a week away from retirement? I feel like Thanks. Mike V has got to be the one who the. He's got to be the experienced one. Spencer Fu is new on the force for sure. All right, cool. Yeah, I don't know. We can leave that up for debate, though. Yeah. Uh, weigh in. Let us know what you think. So if Penn State is able to defeat Union, they will play the winner of Denver and Michigan Tech. Now, Denver is the number one overall seed in the entire NCAA tournament, so that would be quite a daunting task if uh, they're able to get there. Now, should Penn State do that should they advance to that game uh it is v- quite unlikely that we will be able to record a podcast before then so <laughs> really quick Doug, i mean just give me quick thoughts if penn state is able to beat union do you think they have a shot against denver uh you know no but it depends on how penn state <laughs> beats union <laughs> uh denver obviously i think will will definitely beat michigan tech to get to the second round but if if Penn State beats Union and they're outshot, or, or if Union takes like 40, 50 shots and Peyton Jones gets a shutout, then yeah, I think Penn State has a great chance against Denver. But if Peyton Jones just has a fine or a good game and Penn State beats Union, um, and Penn State doesn't score a bunch of goals against Union, because Denver is one of those teams that's great at everything. So they, they can beat anybody like six to nothing, five to one. Um, so if Penn State does not, destroy union i don't think there are a ton of reasons to be confident against playing the best team in the country yeah yeah it would definitely be tough uh if penn state is able to beat union while we won't be able to podcast in all likelihood we will definitely put some content out on the site beforehand so be sure to stick with us all weekend long we'll be tweeting about the game and all that uh really quickly though is an even further look ahead if penn state is somehow able to escape their region uh, they would play the winner of the Northeast bracket, which has both Minnesota and Notre Dame. So a potential rematch uh, could be there in the Frozen Four, which be, which would be quite interesting. I know uh, Minnesota fans seem pretty salty that Penn State took them <laughs> down. I know uh, Matt DeBear yeah, was... That's yeah. a word for it. Yeah. Matt DeBear was actually at the Big Ten final um, against Wisconsin, and he said that there were a few... Minnesota fans there who were actually rooting for Wisconsin in that game, which, if you know anything about the history of those two hockey programs, kind of tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I've in that section of the bracket, so they're actually favored to come out of that region or to come out come out of that uh, that that quadrant, I guess. Um, so that I think if Penn State plays Minnesota, that'll be very interesting for the. For the narrative we've seen the last few years that oh Big Ten ruined college hockey, the Big Ten's the worst <laughs> conference. The 
they can't do anything right. If Penn State plays Minnesota, if the Big Ten makes up half the Frozen Four, I think oh, that man. that'll just be funny, if nothing else. It'll just be very funny. Sounds like a great time for us to sell some more ruining college hockey shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out John Bouchergrass. We'll get you your shirt soon, man. It's coming. Um, <laughs> and I guess the last thing I really want to point out before we do some final thoughts here, not a super long episode of the podcast tonight. We just want to get you prepped for the weekend. Um, I think it's really important that we point out this this key fact here. Okay. So there's Mich- some sabermetrics. So this, yeah, this is some deep, deep, deep dive sabermetrics here. The state of Michigan has many hockey teams in it, many college hockey teams. One of them is Michigan, Michigan Tech. They made the NCAA tournament. Another one of them is Western Michigan. They made the NCAA tournament. Another one of those is Michigan State. Big Michigan State. Everyone knows Michigan State. They did not make the NCAA tournament. They were trash this year. And the other was Michigan. Michigan Wolverines. We all know the Michigan Wolverines. We know we all the about the Wolverines. history. We love the Michigan Wolverines. We know all about their deep history. Oh, they they also they also didn't make the NCAA tournament. This is this is a great time to be alive. <laughs> oh boy. It felt it felt good it felt good to talk about Michigan Tech and Western Michigan making any sort of tournament with both Sparty and the Wolverines not making it. Sorry, Jim. What was, it's okay. what's, what, what was Western Michigan's thing? Oh, row the boat. Row the boat. Not anymore, <laughs> though. They sold it. Not anymore. That's yeah. what Minnesota's thing. Yeah. Oh, sold gross. it to Minnesota. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So imme- immediately upon that happening, row the boat is no longer fun anymore. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all we got tonight. Doug, you got anything else you want to share? I do. I was, I was, I was oh. trying to figure this out earlier. This, this, I think, was an important question I think we need to address. Is Peyton Jones the best athlete ever named Peyton? Mm. Well, let me do a quick Google search to find out if there have been any other athletes named Peyton. Hold on. Athletes named Peyton. Let's see. Nope. Mm. I see I see lots of Peytons that don't play sports. Oh, I see Peyton Siva. He was a good one. He was uh, Louisville, I believe. He was a pretty good basketball player. Uh, we had Peyton Hillis, of course. Pretty oh, good course. football player. Pretty good football player. Um, it appears that there is a three-year-old named Peyton Johnson who is a YouTube star. Um, oh. Who knows? She could go on to do some pretty great things. Uh, there's some... Walter on- Peyton. Walter Peyton. Yep. There's Sean Peyton. Uh, let's see. We have, according to famousbirthdays.com, somebody named Peyton Mabry, who is a cheerleader. She sounds like she could be a pretty talented athlete. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Peyton Jones has them all beat. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any other ones. I, it's throwing me off. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember hearing once or twice that, um, Cooper Manning might have a brother that. I I think maybe he played like lacrosse or something. Maybe his name was Peyton. I'm not really sure. <laughs> okay, we're so off track. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But I think the moral of the story is yes, Peyton Jones is the greatest greatest Peyton spelled with an E or an A to ever play sports in any capacity. Okay, good. Good. Okay. All right. Anything else? Nope, that was it. All right. Had Lovely. To get that off my chest. 
I think that about does it for this episode of Roar Lions Radio, the Puck Podcast. Uh, we will be uploading this just as soon, well, I guess in the morning. So you will, this will be up on Thursday morning, assuming you're listening to this on Thursday. Hi, welcome to Thursday. Uh, make sure that you read RoarLionsRoar.com. We have some really great hockey content. Probably about 95% of it is Doug, and it's just, I mean, it's outstanding. It's great stuff. He does an excellent job. Uh, he's His work is well worth your time to take take a moment and read uh, if you visit our store roar lions store i believe store lion store sorry haven't called it that in a while out loud um we don't have a ton of shirts left for our ruining college hockey stock uh, but we are definitely looking for a reason to order more of them so as we travel into the NCAA tournament here, now is a perfect time to remind everyone that you converse with on a daily basis, your friends, your family, that Penn State don't ruin college hockey. So go ahead and buy those shirts. They're excellent. They're soft, like all the other shirts we have. Buy a couple more while you're in there. If I you mean, want to know, if you want to know what these hockey shirts look like, just look at John Bucciagross's uh, profile picture on Twitter. Exactly, the man himself. The man himself has our shirt in his profile picture. That should be reason enough alone to purchase one. Um, but yeah, they're awesome. They're excellent. Humbly made. Our fantastic uh, uh, shirt providers. Uh, they do a great job. And yeah, they're lovely. Go buy one. Um, as always, myself, Nick Pollock. You can follow me on Twitter at the Real End Pollock. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug. What is your Twitter handle? You can find him at at Doug Leeson. That's easy enough. That make correct. sure you make sure you follow Roar Lions Roar on Twitter at RLR Blog. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, iTunes, uh, iTunes.com/slash Roar Lions Radio. You can find us on uh, Overcast. You can find us on Google Play. Basically, any podcast listening application that you use you can find us which you probably know because you're listening to us so make sure you follow us on all the social media make sure you give us a like on facebook all that stuff and we'll see you next time hopefully we'll be here next week talking about some pretty significant developments for penn state in the NCAA tournament either way have a great day great night whenever you're listening go state